Hello and welcome to So Farscape. A fun-filled Farscape fancast by a fervent fan. And a frankly fascinated first-timer. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. And this, this is the story So Farscape. And we do start with a... No, wait, we do, don't start away. We can start however you want, bud. I mean, this, we start with a big recap this episode. Yes. I mean, uh, it, you could say that the entire episode is a big recap, but... Of stuff that we haven't seen before. We're in it's like season four, episode 17. Okay. A um, constellation of doubt. Yep. Which, oh, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Let's uh, describe what our, uh, our our beloved listeners have contributed because everybody knows that we're heading toward the end of season four and they've been coming out in droves. Oh, goody. Let's see. Uh, don't think too much about how translator microbes work. Grab yeah. a bowl of cup porn ooh, <laughs> and pour yourself a glass of toilet water. It's time to watch someone win an Emmy. Thank you, Mark Nixon. Oh, Mark. Oh, uh, Mark Nixon is wonderful. I really wonder if he, like, re-watched this episode or if he just has this on his brain. Oh, wow. That would be amazing. Earth reflects on its week with the aliens by way of found footage, correctly diagnoses John Crichton with PTSD. Thanks, Mystery Tour. Mm. Crichton watches a documentary about the crew's time on Earth while he tries to figure out where he has learned the name Katrazzi before. Heard the name Katrazzi before. We see Naranti making poison for rats to use against people. Dargo tongue smacks Crichton's nephew Bobby. Aaron explains the peacekeeper life and Shana experiments with makeup. <laughs> Rigel gambles and calls sex hotlines and Sikosa shows off her beautiful singing talents for uncharted territories, idol. And <laughs> Crichton makes an offer to Scorpius that he can't refuse. Wow. Thank you, Nick Rude from Katrazzi, a.k.a. Canada. You know, I have a suspicion. Okay, so sometimes I make little jokes about how our listeners should do their best more to be obscure in their references. We're way past caring about that. Fair we, point. As long as there's no... appreciate... I mean, even, even spoilers are okay at this exactly. point, really. Yeah, because I don't get to see them before, after, until after we watch the episodes. It's all so fine. It's, yeah. I have a feeling that the time we just spend reading these may exceed the time we spend on reviewing this episode because... Okay, it's 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 sort of a clip show, but it's, it's not very a, much so. Yeah. But it's not. But they're not clips of anything we've seen before. No, there's no driving. Pro- okay, here I'm going to do it. Here, look, look, look. So John is sad that Aaron's is gone, and while he's depressed, he watches a bunch of TV. Then he remembers where he hurt Catrazzi, and he makes a deal with Scorpius. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for so much. Yeah, so much for this episode, this week's episode. We'd like to see you next week. <laughs> right? There is no way. Like, our format is fantastic. I'm really, really proud of our format. But, but it deals it, very poorly with this episode. It cannot, we can't do this. I have no idea in what order any of these these these, these dialogues occurred. I can't look at these gifs and, and remember what people what was were talking being said. about. Well, a little bit, but we can we, we can give it a shot. I mean, okay. pretty much, I think it's basically, <laughs> we'll go through the gifs and we'll basically treat it as long, one entire long segment of Willies and Woodies. Oh, that's great. She gives me a willy. She gives you a willy. I mean, this is brilliant. We can just like do that scene by scene pretty much and say what we liked about this scene and what we didn't like about the scene. (laughs) But yeah, so we get a reminder of all the various plot points that are relevant to understand. So they spend some time on Earth. Aaron's been captured. Bobby. Cousin Bobby. Cousin Bobby. Erstwhile, now nephew Bobby. uh, Oh, uh, has been filming. Yes. There's a difference, isn't there? Yeah. In English, yes. Yes. In Dutch, there's no distinction, except we do gender them, which you can't do with uh, we do cousin. It the, we do it the opposite way around, yeah. So yep. we have two words for cousin, yep. gendered. Although, no, you have, like, in some dialects, you have the opportunity to say, uh, uh, Right. But like that's, a little yeah. uncle-sayer. Someone who calls me uncle, yes. 
<laughs> which sort of distinguishes it. And that's a sort of driving force because the, the somehow Moya has intercepted a transmitted transmission from Earth. Yes, and Pilot was told not to give it to John. I told Pilot not to let you know he'd intercepted it. Um, John got hold of it anyway. Yep, and is watching it on the television that, that he, Aaron got him for Christmas. Right, that was brought along. Because that's how that works. And it is a program called Alien Visitation. I immediately started making rubber glove motions when that... Uh, yes, I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what aliens are renowned for, isn't it? So well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they picked that name yeah, intentionally. Yeah, yeah, Farscape is the way it is. I mean, it's not quite Lex, but hey, this host, R. Wilson Monroe. R. Wilson Monroe. I mean, I assume they're trying to do something like 60-minute-like or whatever. Right, it's got a Walter Cronkite kind of vibe. Yeah. Critical, attentive, opinionated. Very much so. I was mm-hmm. like, I was constantly going back and forth like, okay, what are they trying to do? What's the what's the point of the network making the show? Because a lot of the time they're like trying to scare Monger. Yeah. And then they're but also interspacing it with more tender moments and humanizing the aliens more. Uh, so I was really, really wondering. And then he didn't, like, oh, the network calls upon, upon the, the government to release all files. And I was like, that doesn't work like that. No, but you can you can try as a, as a sort of network. I mean, this must be, a, like, a very serious anchor for whatever network this yes. is. Do you know this? So this is written by David Kemper. Right. Wrote this one. David yeah. Kemper, the, the showrunner for Farscape, who uh, has penned some absolute doozies previously. Actually, let me pull up some of his. No, my notes are gone. Goodbye notes. I oh, know. Apparently you don't want to load anymore. Anyway, he's written some good stuff before. This was the longest script ever submitted for, for Farscape. Like, oh, wow. Other scripts have been submitted. They're usually around 50 to 60 pages. Yeah. 58 minutes. I mean, pages that's kind of rough, uh, roughly a page a minute per page. Isn't that like a fairly standard... Uh... Yeah, that's a fairly standard formula. And then yeah. you can usually cut down in the edit what is necessary. In this case, it was around 120 pages. Oui. And so there's loads and loads and loads of deleted scenes. Do you remember in, I think it was Terra Firma, where I was racking my brain about this scene where Sikosa was talking to Bobby? Right. That I couldn't find. It's, it's, in, in this, this it's in this episode. Sikosa, what are you reading? Your planet's history. What do you think? Going back dozens of centuries, there is a pattern and it is appalling replete with missed opportunities for meaningful knowledge assimilation and cultural advancement. Uh, we have a saying. Those who don't learn from the past are doomed to repeat it. Is that what you mean? If you are aware of a problem, why is it not corrected? Uh, I'm only 13. I haven't had my chance yet. From simple miscalculations to gross ineptitude, savagery and brutality without purpose and with minimal gain. Well, people fight for land, power, honor and money. Isn't that the same where you're from? Where I come from, Bobby, it is very rarely the strong who will attack the weak. The aggressors are those who feel slighted, those who have gone without. So I imagine that a a lot of the editing work was figuring out what would come together as, like, a watchable, entertaining, cohesive whole. Sure, yeah. Because... 
Yeah, there are all these interviews and commentaries. Oh, did you have a favorite commentary, like a talking head oh, guy? I think that would would have to be uh, the uh, guy in the Freddy Krueger sweater. Oh, 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 yeah. The sort he he looked like a substitute maths teacher. Right. Yeah. Glasses. Like, yeah. Hair. He, was, he was always so very enthusiastic. This is a watershed moment in human history, the equivalent of a huge meteor smashing Earth during dinosaur times. Yeah and uh, open-minded about everything. Although, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I kind of liked the, 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 the fake Dalai Lama, although he was just like... The Buddhist, yeah. Y- yes. Though there is an innocence about her that is wonderfully contagious. The fake I, Dalai Lama. Like well, he was, <laughs> I mean, he was the chairman of the United States Buddhist Society oh, or something. He? That's what, like, oh, that's okay. what he was, uh, that's what his title card said. But, I wonder uh, if they cast like an, an an actual person from the Indian subcontinent, or right. just grabbed any random brown person and hey, can you can you do an Apu impression? I know, right? It kind of sounded the early like 2000s, that. So you yes, don't know. no. <laughs> um, and oh god, I mean, like oh, there was the. Uh, I know it's like easy pickings to shoot at uh, religious people going on about grooming and child abuse mm-hmm. but you know mm-hmm. it's like i got a little they've got a really uptight like bishop character right, there yes <laughs> outrageous and disgusting the boy is only 13 is that what we want our youth exposed to who was who was really really judgmental yeah also judgmental i think was the uh, psychologist woman yes with the, uh, the who, british accent who was also like committed to cardinal sin against psychology is like never diagnose someone based on what you see on how you watch them on TV, basically. Yeah. Post-traumatic shock syndrome. It's hard to tell without examining him. But from this little snippet of tape, I'm most concerned about his constantly waiting for something to happen. This suggests he's been under enormous and continuous stress. They must have gone through a lot of psychologists before they found one that would actually... Willing to, was, to break with that code, yes. Uh-huh. I mean, we, we got that, I remember, like, a lot in the early days of Trump. Like, yes. a lot of people uh, saying, like, well, you know, we're... I've been asked a lot, like, how would you, like, diagnose him? And it's like, well, we don't really do that. No, you can't (laughs) diagnose a malignant narcissist just based on his appearances. (laughs) On TV. Again, again, and again. That's not how you diagnose a malignant (laughs) narcissist. I also liked Dr. Walker, Uh who goes, wow, 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 wow. Uh, it turns out that this guy, this actor, oh, whose name I don't have written down, and the internet is uh, uh, throwing a fit on my phone. Uh-huh. This was the first person to play a live-action Spider-Man in the 1970s. Oh, okay. Um, is, and, he, uh, is he the one who's just generally super enthusiastic about like yeah. the alien view of uh, yeah, Earth? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah you was... sort of imagine Peter Parker going, "Wow!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, yes, I did like him as well. He had a very entertaining view, like a very like enthusiastic, open-minded. I mean, the kind of way I'd expect you to react to aliens. And, uh, <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> I really liked the... Um, oh, I forget what uh, what his title was. He was a, a, an older fella in a, in a zip-up anorak. He had a bald pate. Mm-hmm. He did one of the better American accents oh, yeah. for the Australian crews that, <laughs> yeah. were, that were here. Why is it so hard for us to believe that someone from another planet can do things that we find extraordinary? Isn't she herself extraordinary just by being here? I thought he was just really delighted by the by the kind of wonder of space and the vastness of other societies. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a, a I don't know, head of uh, NASA sociology or, or, or whatever. But just his his 
really astute observations about the perspectives that these that these aliens have when viewing Earth, and oh, yeah. how like inspiring that is. Yes. Imagine, think of how we view ourselves, a sophisticated culture, growing, evolving. Then look how he views us, undisciplined and adventurous. But yeah, you, you get very you various uh, viewpoints. Like some people are like trying to scaremonger that, and some people are are, are trying yeah. to learn from that. Well, the uh, interview with Aaron that we uh, that we start with, right? Well, both with both Dargo and Aaron. Like Dargo is painted like it's it's General Car Dargo constantly. You know, he's like uh, pardon always being part of me. It's General Car Dargo, Car Dargo. Right. Yes. <laughs> but uh, both he and Aaron are trying to. By certain people constantly try to paste as like warmongering aliens and like hell bent on invading Earth and yeah, Aaron's like yeah we're not interested like no this is like insignificant and of course Rigel's scathing comment is like oh yeah <laughs> like, hey, Earth would be most remembered for the quality of its manual labor <laughs> like, <"Ooh." laughs> burn I do kind of get it. Because this is this is the duty of journalists to press people in positions of power, positions of significance, mm-hmm. to say things that they're not saying. Right. Yes. And to not permit them not to say them. Mm-hmm. Like you are a warrior. You are an alien warrior from an, an an alien army on Earth. You need to answer these questions for it. We like we're not going to let you dodge this <laughs> because oh no, it's you know. Mr. Putin, are you going to invade Ukraine? It was a question that was asked like over a year ago. I was like, oh no, we're just practicing, you know, just doing some exercises around the border. Like, don't worry about it. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, pardon me for making light for obviously a, a horrific humanitarian atrocity that's that's still ongoing mm. um, at the time of recording. God, how nice would it be for our friends in Kiev if that was no longer the case by the time of airing? Oh, that's one month usually about so uh, between recording and airing. But yes. So I'm like, not holding my breath. The, I the, can't hold my breath for a month. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm thinking about that joke where do you know how you have scenes in in movies when they're underwater? Do you have uh, that thing where you yes. just hold your breath reflexively? Yeah, I mean, Finding Nemo almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, asking this question, hey, but you're saying that the peacekeepers would never invade Earth? Well, no. No, but like if you made an alliance with a, right. an enemy or oh, like, so it could happen. It's like, but that's true. <laughs> yes, right. I mean, that's, and that's valid that's information. Real politic, you know. It's like yes. I mean, would you invade Earth? We don't see any reason why we would. Like, would it never happen? Well, maybe if you made a deal with the Scarron. So, so it could happen. It's like, well, yes. If you like become an aggressor towards us, then yes, it could happen. Right, but there, there, there are therefore potentially also other circumstances that to Aaron or just. You know, a, a politically aware aliens in general mm. seem perfectly reasonable that we are not aware of. We we weren't aware of other polities, you know, right. we of, of Earth. We don't know what it is that you have to do or not do in order to not be invaded. Mm. Right? Fair. Well, part of that political system. But I, I also like, of course, her perspective. Yeah, there's millions of planets that nobody cares about. Yeah, Earth is probably one of them. Like, well, I mean, Earth has John Crichton, who has wormhole knowledge, which makes Earth a little bit more special than others. But and who that's knows? About like, it. Maybe Earth's soil is hospitable to a particular plant that is very mm. important to right. one of these superpowers. Ch- Ch- Chakan oil for uh, growth, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, instance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could be. And then we'll just enslave this planet and it'll be, you know, thank God it's Friday. That could happen to Earth. Tomorrow is 
a rest day. A real rest day. We are not succeeding in our intention. Like, your plan, I don't know that it's necessarily worked. No, we'll see. I mean, we can just natter on about the episode until we call it a day. So, I mean, <laughs> let's have a go. So it starts yes. with uh, John and Rigel watching that. And Rigel's kind of lamenting that, like, oh, you shouldn't have been watching this, and uh, which implies that Rigel has already watched it himself. Uh, oh, yeah. And basically, Rigel gets kicked out of John's room. He gets a bucket of popcorn thrown on him like he's uh, like at a Bulls game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which caused the uh, the puppeteer, uh, Nicholas something, like a, 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 quite a conniption, because suddenly the puppet's mouth wouldn't close anymore because oh. there's popcorn stuck in it, and he was hearing these <laughs> these servos whirring quite oh, upsettingly, so he sort of <gasps> turned around and waddled off, so he could essentially puke out all this popcorn that was damaging the puppet. <laughs> oh, dear, yes. <laughs> oh. Because, yeah, John is obsessing a little bit over this show that he's watching, and it's like a little bit unclear why at first. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's, I mean, not even just at first. I mean, he's pining for Aaron. Yep, which is very obvious because, like, one of the first things he goes on about is like talks to Sakozu. Yeah, is like, are you are you looking for it? Are you looking? Look harder. Look in other places. Look in places you haven't looked before. He's, he's being extremely unhelpful in his suggestions. It's just like, make it happen. Find it because he is convinced yeah. that he has heard. Uh, the name of the planet which escapes you. Katratzi. Katratzi, that's the one. I'm going to write that down because that's going to come up a few more times during this episode. Uh, it reminds me of something else, and if I'm going to get that wrong, and so I'm going to write it down. Ka- With a K? Katratzi. It's fine, I'll just write it down phonetically, and it'll be good. So, Katratzi, yes. That coupled with your admitted dyslexia and your disfondness for names make me really interested in what you've just written down. I probably got it right, actually. I mean, like, it's right up here. That is completely correct. (laughs) K, 100 bonus points. I don't even know if I'm going to, like, remember to add those points, but that's amazing. Um, Maybe you've heard the word Katratzi before. Maybe it's stuck in your brain. Well, clearly we have, because we actually are shown the clip later on in which he has heard it. Yeah. Which was during the body swap episode. I mean, it wasn't the body swap, no, no, it, was yeah. it was the alternate reality episode. Unrealized reality. Right, yeah, yeah, very that's, good. That's the one. When it was Sekozu as, what's his face? The half, half, Stark. half, a Stark, who just stood there going, Katrazi, Katrazi. Or something. Yeah, that was the scene where they were the sort of body swapped members of Moya were about to be boarded by the by the peacekeepers, mm. and Stark, played by Sokozu, asked John to shoot her so that she could you know transcend and she could maybe like find help and escape and like the the thing that she mumbled as she was preparing for the transition to energy only life was Katrazi, I think maybe mirroring. The secret that Stark was keeping, if you'll remember. Mm-hmm. The memory of a place I saw when I was a boy. <laughs> that was the memory that he was protecting in the Aurora chair. Ah. So that could have been Katrazzi. Or uh, maybe just an equivalent. Yeah. I think that's also what he shared with uh, uh, Talon John when he lay dying. Oh, and okay. So it was being comforted. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of connections in this show, yes. right? Like, I'm, I'm trying to simulate the unending speculation and the threads and threads on forums and, and usenets. Oh, about what, every, what everybody was thinking and what everybody was uh, yeah. saying and doing. Yes, very good. That only comes up much later when uh, John sees Sokozu 
half covering her face with a shiny metal bowl or something on one of the videos. But Well, singing a lovely song, and that sort of unlocks it. Yeah. Because earlier on, he even had with uh, with Chi. No, you heard it too. You heard it with me. Mm. It wasn't a question. You heard it with me. Only from Sakasa. No. With me. No. So it's almost like what he's what he's doing. We think at first he's pining for Aaron, and in his helplessness, he's distracting himself by by watching this stuff. Yes, is that okay? I wouldn't. At at first, that's what, right. that's what we feel because other people have to look for Katrazzi. You mm-hmm. know, he's, yeah. he's tasked Sikosa to do it, yeah. and Pilot to do it, and he's like run out of things that he can do. So we think that he's just moping. I thought that. Right. Okay. I got the feeling he was looking for something in the exactly. uh, in the episode. I got got that almost all immediately. Oh, that very was, good. That he was trying to. He was looking for something in the footage because he keeps stopping and rewinding and looking at uh, little bits again, trying to. Uh, well, later it turns out trying try to jog his memory into what exactly. it, what it was that he was uh, shake the trying sh- to remember. Yes, the tree of his brain. Yeah. Because uh, we get of, we get several shots of- uh, shots of Aaron saying. Catrazzi, yes. and that's... Officer, sir. I believe Catrazzi to be some sort of base, highly guarded. Officer, sir. Yes, I was just thinking, well... That's the one I wanted to ask you about. What do you make of this weird shot where Aaron turns to the camera yes. and says that Catrazzi is probably a secret base because Grazer wouldn't have been taken to anything less than maximum security? Right, yes. I can't... I can't remember if we've actually seen that clip in an episode, uh, but it sounds more like, yeah, the kind of thing that Grazer taught. I mean, why, when was Grazer taken away? That was the last episode, actually, bringing home the, the, the beacon. Right. Um, when Eren and Sikozu uh, and Chiana and Naranti, when all the girls came upon this meeting between the, the Scarens and the, and the oh, peacekeepers. Oh, right, yes, of course. Yes. And the Scarens were going to kidnap Grazer. They found yeah. her in that, in that pod. But rescued her, took yes, a prisoner, yes, she yes, escaped. Yes. And then instead, Aaron was uh, put so, in a box, as John said. Yes. So Aaron would have known about a Scarron secret base where they take prisoners. Arguable? I mean, yes. I mean, that's what... Because my, my thoughts were going to her time as a, a time away from Moya. As, oh, a, as an assassin and a... Uh, like maybe she was like I don't, we don't, still don't know who she was assassinating for or even who was being assassinated. We but, know at least one, but that's where my thoughts went. Like it's like something that she'd been doing during that time, which might during have gotten, her summer holiday, which yeah. might have gotten in her in touch with these forces. Well, unfortunately, she is the one person that John can't ask. Yes, because she's gone done missing. We're introduced to cousin-slash-nephew Bobby. Bobby, yes. This little apple-cheeked, all-Australian... Like, he's such a sweet boy. Right. And I'm sitting there like, why on earth would his parents give permission for him to get on the show? Yeah. And be interviewed like this. Why? Well, Wilson Monroe asks the, the <laughs> questions. Well, we thought, thought about, about it for a long time, and with all these weird accusations starting to surface, we decided that it was best to help everyone not be afraid. We wanted the other side to be seen, which I guess it's like any time that we see interviews with like Olivia, yeah, she's she emphasizes the normality of these people. Right, she's one of the talking heads in the yeah, uh, yeah, and that's his sister. Yeah, uh, sister. one of John's sisters. Right, he yeah. has another sister, but I don't think she's featured. Right, okay, so that's basically Bobby's mother. Oh, I don't actually know that. 
I mean, it have to be. Nephew. That is the child of your, your sibling. sibling. Yes. Well, he does have another sister. Right. Maybe off screen. I don't Fair. know. Olivia doesn't seem to treat Bobby like a mother. Uh, Kate, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, as a yeah. Would. yeah. It's it's totally possible, but I got like cool aunt vibes from uh, Fair. from Olivia. I don't know. Hmm. Also, maybe things are different in Australia where this was clearly filmed and everybody <laughs> Florida. They, sure, they keep saying Florida. Yeah, like, they we sure do try, don't <laughs> we, they? We, we, Except I don't even think that R. Wilson Monroe tries very hard. He goes all over the place. It has now been several months since they left with Commander John Crichton aboard their ship Moya, and besides their names. What else do we really know about them? Precious little, except the carefully orchestrated appearances allowed by our government. Oh, with his accent, you mean? Yeah, oh. yeah. It goes very sort of like the transatlantic accent, you know, right. the, the combination British-American that was invented by Hollywood in the 1930s, yeah. and then also trans-Pacific. And yes. Well, we, we do have several people mention that they went to Florida and this was all taking place in Florida. Oh, there was a bit in South America. Apparently some of the, uh, the right. aliens toured South America and I was there. That's basically in the Noranti segment when they're going on about like her spirituality and like, yeah. and she is like... Every planet has its indigenous potions just waiting to be blended and discovered. I'm playing. I'm making rat poison. Yes, she says. No, no, no. The rats asked me to make poison for the humans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the rats. Oh, the little scene with Chi and the dead rat. It's like, oh, yeah. So, what happened? Like, is that? Did, I mean, I, I got a little bit of double vibes for that. Like, if maybe she accidentally killed the rat, or she found the rat dead after it having oh, me a friend. Oh. Like, I didn't there's quite a, there's guess a how bit that of would... dialogue. Okay. Is that a dead rat? Hmm. He was my friend. We were, we were just playing. He just stopped outside the kitchen to eat something and just... It's okay. So she yeah. says, like, we were just playing, and then the right. rat went into the kitchen for, for something to eat. Oh, so it did get the rat poison then. Just by accident. Yeah. Well, it got the, the rat got the human poison for the, 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 right. the, the rats were going yeah. to, or whatever the case. But Which was very sort of sad. Like, I liked, it was. I really liked that, that Chiana said this, he was my friend. Yes. Not pet or whatever. Okay, so a little bit more about Noranti. What else does... Like, maybe we can t- do this by character, because that, like... We've, we've kind oh, of touched that on yes, that as well. Yes, good one. Noranti. So, Noranti. She dyed her of, hair. Oh, she did. Oh, I didn't catch that. So she gets, I think, two scenes. Uh, one of them where she's making the rat poison. Mm-hmm. She's just come back from South America, and she's, she's very cryptic. And then she has her hair... I think it's sort of like the disguise hair that she had on, in Bringing oh, Home the Beacon. Oh, right. You know, it's all brown and slicked back, and she's got these cool gray patterns around the side. And then her hair's gray and wild again when she's at the pool. Yeah. Talking about religion. That's the next one, yes. Yeah, like, oh, your religions are weird. It's like, like you kill people and... She, she starts by asking questions. Yes. All right, so how do you define religion? Okay, it's a way to, mm-hmm. to get on, and then you... Believe in, an old, believe in a higher being. Yep. Okay. Hypocritical. Yes. Because I've read all of your books, and she's got like a crucifix there. She holds them up like they're yeah. just full of atrocities. Yeah. Okay. So what's your what's your position? No, it's killing is actually fine circumstantially. Right. Like it becomes hypocritical when you make judgments and allowances. If we take it to Christianity, the whole "Thou shalt not kill" is 
pretty much. Thou shalt it. not murder. Exactly. That's like an yeah. accepted mistranslation at this point. That like I probably probably done intentionally. That it should be thou shalt not murder. Not yeah. Thou shalt not thou shalt not kill. Exactly. Apparently Hebrew has two very distinct words for that, and uh, it was probably deliberately mistranslated. Yeah. In I think originally the King James, but uh, who knows. But it should I'm sure be, there yeah. are scholars who who know who know better, and yes. we. we um, uh, respects everyone's opinion, and we do not argue with anyone, and we do not welcome <laughs> discussion on because down that path, uh, too much algorithmic activity lies, and we like to keep it light on this show. Oh, so yeah, apologies, like we always do. Um, <laughs> so yes, but one of the uh, the talking heads, one of them who's actually quite cruel and and, and judgmental toward Naranti, I think it's one of the uh, I think it's a woman. This is a dangerous woman. She effortlessly twists a simple logic into something that is almost believable until you look deeper and it unravels it. And she's right. Because I think Naranti is full of shit. This idea of, like, killing's okay sometimes but not other times and becomes hypocritical when you make judgments sometimes and allowances otherwise. Oh, hold on. What, what are you saying? So is, is killing always allowed or should there be a system of rules? And if there's a system of rules and, and, and judgments... Yeah. Then what's wrong with having those codified in a, a you know, Interesting. A I, text I, 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 I kind of read that woman the other way around. That's mm-hmm. like she was the one, she was being the hypocritical one. But I'd have to, like, I mean, we don't exactly know what she's specifically referring to about what Naranti says. It's fascinating, right? Yeah. I was uh, riveted by this episode. I, I, and I was also, just going, uh, how are we ever going to talk about this? Yeah, well, like this, apparently. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be a short one, but it might be a long one. I always love the, uh, the, the, the comment of the guy. Like, uh, like, We're fairly certain we know how she cured the blind boy in Brazil. That was David Kemper. That was actual oh, okay. like writer and, and showrunner David Kemper, like Mr. X. You know, his, his face was in darkness. Right. And we think we sort of understand, maybe. <laughs> like, so, yes. It's nice to think that there are such sort of universal properties of ecosystems that a woman with her knowledge, I mean, she's 300 and something cycles old already, right. would be able to just waltz onto a completely unfamiliar food chain in yeah, I know that, that, ma- that makes it say, seem both un- unprobable, unprobable, improbable. I like I like unprobable better. I like uh, too. Uh, but also, it it shows her abilities and talents. I guess when she's like, I mean, she just goes around tasting everything. Yeah, and then she which goes is like, huge. Oh, yeah, and then oh, this does this and that. I mean, maybe she just has like incredibly keen olfactory senses, but also. Uh, producing things, yeah, but also producing things which yes. work universally. Because, like, right towards the end, Chana has some sleeping powder which Naranti oh, yeah. made for John, and Rides was like, "No, no, 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 give it to me." And she's like, "And you're like, why would sleeping powder that works on humans also work on Hynerians? Wait, no, wasn't he going to give it to John? No, no, she Chana actually picks something up and blows it into uh, uh, Rides's face. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, I guess like um, <laughs> Dargo mentions that his tongue has adaptive venom. Right. So that the victim takes in only enough to lose consciousness. No one dies. Which he explains to Bobby. I know. So, okay, so yes, next next Dargo. Because I, I, love the inter- I love the interactions that he has with Bobby. Because like Bobby is constantly probing and uh, uh, trying to get Dargo to tell him more about his like being a great general and a warrior. And Dargo is being very, uh, I wouldn't say dismissive, but like dis- dis- and disencouraging. Uh, like what's the opposite well, for I discouraging? Mean, he, yeah, discouraging. discouraging. Towards him. But we've seen that he gets on, like, when he's been on Earth for a while, he just makes friends with local kids. Oh, yeah. Right, he's just 
cool with people. Mm -hmm. Adults are a little put off. Children are a lot easier with people who look different from them if they're not told specifically otherwise. And he's a dad himself. Oh, yes. So he's just got this avuncular neighborhood uncle vibe about him when he's when he's speaking with kids. Actually, Tiana, in her way, has that as well. Yes. Quite open with them in a way that a lot of Western acculturated adults wouldn't be, um, while also sort of trying to maintain boundaries. Bobby's constantly trying to like tell him about like cool warrior shit. Like he's, he takes him a bottle of la and like, oh, can you kill sting- things with this? And yeah, that's and what it's like, for. Ah, yeah, exactly. It's like. <laughs> Uh, and he ends up showing him a recording of him destroying the other Leviathan. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it just disappeared. Yeah, that's kind of what this shit does. Yeah. <laughs> but I really love that scene where Bobby finally, finally talks him into, like, giving him, <laughs> giving him a tongue lashing. <laughs> Please. No. Why not? For the same reasons that I've been saying to you ad nauseum. Why is it so important? Because I like stuff like that. It's cool. Tell me it's not cool. It's cool. Cool. All right. Now you promise not to tell anyone. I promise. Okay. All right. Turn the camera off. Okay. It's off. All right, you ready? (laughs) And then Targo does it, like, after the camera to be turned off, and then after he's done it, uh, uh, Naranti. Oh, wait, crap. Hold on, what did I just do? <laughs> where's no, this bo- where, where's Naranti? Where's Naranti? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this is a testament to Bobby's, like, com- skill at convincing adults to do cool stuff, because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The spell is only broken when he's unconscious and Dargo realizes, what did I let this kid talk me into doing? <laughs> oh, frail, 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 I did it again. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I love that scene. That was hilarious. But uh, yeah, a lot of times... And the judgment, of course, from the talking heads, oh, we cannot let them running around. Oh, yeah. exposing them to our youth. Yes, again from the priest, which is like... <clears throat> he, has a, he has a great observation, like, I've watched a bunch of your movies, he says. Uh-huh. The aliens are always evil. And Earth always is victorious. Oh, so you say we should learn that there are nice aliens too? <laughs> you should learn that you don't always win. <laughs> yes. It's really, really powerful. I mean, I, I wonder if that's like... He's talked about the history of, uh, of his species, which I believe is a multi-planetary mm-hmm. culture that talk about the wealthy Luxon world. Right, yes. We um, again, last episode... Uh, when they were oh, yes. going, to be, going to be traded with the uh, Scarans in the, tre- in the treaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unilaterally breaking the mutual defense pact. Yeah. And in the past, they had been invaded by an enemy that I don't know was necessarily named, but they'd mm. exhausted all their weapons except for the ancient quarter blades. Yes. Which, I always assumed that was the peacekeepers, but... Huh. That they were fighting when that came... Uh, well, they have other adversaries as well, like they hmm. have a, a but, bonds of mutual oh, right, but defense. Be, but them. it can't be the peacekeepers if they had like a mutual defense pact with the peacekeepers. Well, that had been recently signed by Grazer, mm-hmm. and this invasion was, I think, thousands or hundreds of cycles ago. Okay, yeah. Fair right. I mean, he even talks about how Earth reminds him of his planet 10,000 cycles ago. Well, I mean, was he there? No, he wasn't. <laughs> He's only like 30. Mm, you are but a boy. They might have holograms or fair, fair, fair. Right? recreations or paintings. Yeah, and, and there was, of course, the, like the historical reenactment uh, society scenes, which you get in the holographic uh, worlds. Uh. Oh, 
Well, and also the sort of time goggles right, that's on one. that particular that's, yeah, episode. That's, that's that was the one that I was talking about, yes. Straight up, just looking through time. Yep. No problem. Just And, and no tour guides either. You just have this equipment and you just look through Go time. Go for it, yeah. Yikes. Okay, but let's use Bobby to segue into, like, John a little bit here. Because like, there's, like, this scene where... Bobby is like, I mean, he's constantly walking around with his camera recording yeah. everything. When he's talk, talking to John, it's like, okay, like, how do you think that, like, things changed? Like, does Earth change? When you got back, what was most different about Earth? Nothing, Bobby. Earth's pretty much the same. Are you different? Yeah, I'm different. How? Mm-hmm. Things that used to bother me don't bother me that much anymore. The world seems smaller. You can see him sitting there like, well, yeah, you know, getting tortured and like turned into a stone pillar and uh, stuff like that. It changes a person. Yeah. But he doesn't say anything of that. So, No, there is there is a line that he says that the, the psychologists, I think, Yeah, I mean, at that, that point, like, goes like, oh, yeah, he's got PTSD. Because he's talking about he's constantly expecting something bad to happen. I have to remind myself when it doesn't happen that that's normal. Um, which is indeed like an, an experience described by by people who have. I mean, she she calls it post traumatic shock. I think the, the accepted terminology is post traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. at the time, and it's something that you know, I've, I've I've heard people report. And Bobby asks him like, "What was the worst part?" Missing family. No, Missing the complete people? lack of toilet paper is the oh, first thing. Well, that's, but that's facetious. He says that facetiously. Is it? I think so. Is it fe- fecal faci- facetious? facetious? How do you spell facetious? <laughs> Fair enough. <but laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's facetious. It's pronounced facetious, no matter how you spell it. I'm. I'm okay. Mm. No, I'm skating very close to our our solemn promise to never <laughs> discuss the toiletry situation on, on Moya. No. <sighs> oh, speaking of toilets. Oh, Chiana. Oh yes. I thought you were going to go Galaxy Quest, but... <laughs> Chiana in the bathroom. Yes. After she's been... Like, she's, like, amazed by the amount of water outlets which are everywhere. Like, you she's know, got one two in... two toilets, you know, shower, Which one of them is probably a bidet, sink. but... Is that a feature in Australian homes? There might have been multiple toilets in the same house. Oh, because I know that uh, Crocodile Dundee makes a joke about it, where he asks, like, where's there two toilets in the... Uh, bathroom and she goes oh, like oh you'll figure it out fun. and then he ends up like shouting it down from the hotel room from the window in the hotel room <laughs> but I think uh, he washes his shoes in one he tries no he, he tries to see if it fits and it doesn't particularly work very well <laughs> but yes well maybe we shouldn't take too much inspiration from fair fair crocodile fair. dundee about modern australian fair, fair, culture fair. yeah okay okay um, um but yes uh, and like yeah and there's like the shower and then there's the bathtub and then there's the sink and it's like why like you can wash up in the toilet it's water's clean yeah it's fine, and she's and she's got all this like makeup over her hair, and like what's what's this one for? It's for your lips, and then she eats it. And oh, that's, that's, that's all right. That's and the good. last thing she asks is, why are there so many colors? <laughs> Which is kind of <laughs> yeah. Why bother with colors Which when says, shades will do? I was going to say that says a lot about the Nibari uh, society and culture, I suppose. Like if, do you think maybe you observed when she was uh, in her bikini, and you could see yeah. that, like her cleavage, her decolletage, yes. also had the sort of darkening same yeah. around her collarbones and her cheekbones. Do you think that's makeup that she wears? No, no, right. I don't think. I, th- I think that's meant to make the character look good. That's what makeup does, right? 
I mean, that's what, what Gigi Edgley said like she loved about like being made up as Chan. It's like, I finally have got cheekbones and boobs. You know, it's... <laughs> okay, okay. In Hold on. In Gigi Edgley's... I'm coming to her rescue. I'm being one of those internet white knights. Yeah. She was talking about that was the time when she had cheekbones and boobs. I think she was talking about it as a mature woman now, like looking oh. at, her, at her younger... Because she was like 18 when she started. I thought she was like commenting on the fact that she, like the makeup gave her that. I have I have seen photographs I have. publicity photographs okay. of Gigi Edgley. I'm not yeah. talking about any okay. but you know she was she was an acrobat who I believe I once called the trapezoid because it's <laughs> yes. not the fucking word. But not she had cheekbones and boobs and like I during okay. that live stream I forget when it was like I said to her hey Miss Edgley some of us have had to go our entire lives without cheekbones and boobs and we're doing okay as well so you know show us Okay so I I interpreted that that's like like she found her features enhanced by the makeup as, as Shana. Hey, hell yeah. It's, a, it's an Absolutely. amazing look. Yeah, um, no, totally. I've seen some cosplayers who do it as well. And it's just mm. this, you're making yourself into a, a live action sort of aha drawing, you know, from ta- the, the, yeah, the yeah. video clip Take On Me, which I realize everyone in our generation probably understands that immediately. It's, sort of it's, it's, it's there. a famous song. It's my, my older people might think of it as old people music at this point, but there's a few more conversations with John sticking with him for a bit mm-hmm. that, because I really dig your idea to stick with the characters. At one point, Bobby is spying on John yes. and Olivia on uh, Moya. Apparently she made it up there. I guess at some point everybody got a tour, at least uh, the, the close family. Yeah, because they've been there for weeks or months. Yeah, it was. It's kind of left in the dark how long entirely, but something in that order of magnitude, definitely more than a week or two. And they talk about his attraction to Erin. Yes, and she does the sister thing, like, I actually know you, John. Yeah, Erin, stop that. Remember when you tried to hide that stop crush it. on Jill? Stop it, Steiner. Her name was Steiner. What's my tell? Your lips. When you see Aaron, they soften just a bit. And your denial is... You've got a tell. and it's <laughs> Yep. And so does she. Right? She's, uh, she's an emotionally experienced and empathetic woman who, okay, even though it's maybe a little risky to interpret the body language of people of different cultures, let alone species. Yeah. Yeah. You, you make the guesses that you can make. And as someone's sibling... You make statements that are a bit bolder than they really ought to be because yeah, she's yeah, his yeah. older sister, right? She's got that uh, vibe. Yes. And, of course, this leads to another interview with Erin where, she, again, she's being pressed on a certain matter. Uh, in this case, the uh, interoperability uh, between... Uh, <laughs> interoperability! <laughs> between the various Mivonks in space. space yes. And, yeah, okay, and with like, certain like, boundary could, genetic compatibility. Yeah, is it possible that like aliens can interbreathe? And yes, definitely. She, she immediately, yes, definitely possible. And like, so could it be between humans and Sebations? And then there's a, there's a long pause and exacerbated? Exacerbated. Exacerbated by John also pressing pause. Mm-hmm. Because he's looking. This is one of the moments where he's trying to remember what uh, Erin said. Uh, yes. And, yes, that's uh, right. But so, yes, she was, she's pressed on like could humans and Sebations interbreed, and she's lucky that she didn't say. Well, I know for sure that Sebations and Luxons can interbreed. Yeah. And then, like, not mentioning that because she knows Jothy yeah. is the product, and then the assumptions that would have been made about that, considering the, the mm. luxury company that she keeps. But yes, I mean, we still don't know if John is the father of her unborn child. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, she's said so, but... I mean, she said so that she doesn't know, right? Oh, hasn't she? Yeah, because, like, she could have been... I mean, they have the delayed pregnancy thing. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. And it could have been that dude she recreated with three years ago. I'm trying to figure out whether I do my reverse poker face first and then the poker face or the poker face first and then the reverse poker face or then or then two reverse poker faces or whether I do double my bluff, like yes. this. Is it the double bluff? Like ah, the, well, okay. But am I Apparently, really? Apparently, I'm not getting anything past you today, am I? Or am I? I are, or are you? I'm, tr- I'm deliberately not trying to second guess anything you say. So I appreciate that, buddy, like- because... I mean, this must be, you know, we're, we're heading toward the end of the season. Like, the number of real surprises are kind of No, it's, out, it's becoming be? more of a, like, oh, see, this how uh, fits in with that. And that's why I, like, appreciate what you uh, did a little bit earlier on. It's like, like, lay out these little details which probably escape me by, by now. And, like, right. stuff that, like, was figured out by the community at this point. Because, like, well, in this episode they say this, and in that episode they say that. And if I say something that's factually incorrect... Then I appreciate that I'm correct on it, because right? Because my, I want my, you to my, have the yeah. My memory is notoriously bad, but <laughs> your observations are astonishingly good. Like the number of things that you've that you've caught onto have like consistently surprised me. No, oh. you're if you'd if you'd been part of the the sort of scaper community at, at this at time, time, you would have been an absolute sage, I imagine, <laughs> up there with uh, a sad geezer. I think he was called. Okay, that's an interesting name to uh, moniker to choose for oh, oneself. Um, well, it's a it's a person, or by now it's a brand who ran. I think it's still operating, like a pretty expansive sci-fi website, Sad Geezer's Guide to okay. Sci-Fi. Like I, I found it because of Alex, but this person, I, I'm assuming he him did lots of other sci-fi programs at the time, and with a with a very sort of fun-loving, irreverent style that's never cruel, which I appreciate. Okay. Anyway, yes. So yeah, John is an is an interesting one, and everybody observes that he's yeah he's been changed by by, by what he's gone through. And, well, yes. Oh, I did like the faux Dalai Lama. Can we make a pun of that? I mean, faux is Vietnamese, not Nepalese, so it's far. It's, it's far. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say the fur Dalai Lama. Oh, what have the. Oh. I mean, he was like... The the Dalai Alpaca. Okay. <laughs> All right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. <laughs> uh, uh, the Dalai uh, Alpaca. Uh, like, his eyes just light up at the idea, oh, but this is wonderful. Oh, one can only hope that a union between those of Earth and elsewhere is possible. Such marriages will foster bonds of family and generate trust between disparate peoples. Like... Love and togetherness reaching across these divides and these marriages creating yes. families, bonds of trust and unity. And that's going to bind humans to the rest of the uh, universe. That's and going enable to... us to trust one another. Yes. Because we're, we share children, we share family. Which is kind of like a, a, a mechanistic, political way to look at something as important as... True, uh, but it's uh, also true. Yes. Yeah. Like they are really valuable mechanisms. You... Well, unfortunately, we've recently seen with Macton Tal that they don't necessarily well, always work. That, yeah. Let's I think see. there's one more scene with Chiana. Yes. That's uh, uh, really worth talking about, which I think was handled really well. And it's like Chiana is just dancing. Oh, right, yes. And she's going drive and reverse, like practicing those few English words she still yeah, remembers. Yes, like lottery tickets and like flossing and like. <laughs> it's like dance moves. Yes. <laughs> no, 
I know that they're supposed to be dance moves, but that's a very post-millennial kind of dancing. I know, right. Um, she asks Bobby about sex. Yes. Bobby, what do you think of sex? Uh, what? Sex. Why are you asking me? Oh, just curious. And, she, and like, what's what's sex like to humans? What do you what do you kind of? And he's like, well, I don't know. I wouldn't know. I haven't had it yet. And I was like, what? Why not? It's like thirteen. It's like, oh, so that's you're not allowed to. You're... No, it's against the law. What? Laws about why are all those girls dressed like that? Which is like, uh, yes, yeah. Now we're, now we're hitting on something very daring for the for the early two thousands. Yeah, and kind of for 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 good reason, I think. Why are they dressed like that? Which is honestly like a little bit judgmental about like yeah. dressing slutty as a concept, right? Right, where one accentuates aspects of one's body yeah. that are considered culturally desirable, right, and. Bobby observes what they see it on TV. And Chiara says, well, somebody sells them those clothes. So right. Somebody wants them to have sex. Exactly. But I don't see that as judgmental in Chiana's uh, viewpoint. I mean, she's going like, if, someone, if they're dressed like they want to have sex, she's perfectly fine with that. What she doesn't understand is like, why are they allowed to do it? And why are people make, making, what do you mean? Making yeah, it yeah, interesting yeah, yeah. for them. I mean, like, Nibari come from a really regimental society. Oh, Wow. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. So that's like, to her, like, that would make no sense whatsoever. It's like, why are they allowed to dress like that if they're not supposed to have sex? Like, that, that wouldn't help. Yeah, if you have this rule, then you just forbid it. Right. And then you'd, and you'd be consistent about it. Exactly. Yes. Oh, wow. Because th- that's how the Nabari establishment. Did. Right. And if you don't have a rule, then you just do whatever and it's fine. So that, yeah, from from Chiana's viewpoint, it makes perfectly sense to ask these questions and frame it like that. It's like, why are they, why are they dressed slutty if they're not supposed to have sex? That, and different that makes species total sense. Yeah. mature at different rates. That too, yes. You know, John lost his virginity at 16 <laughs> yeah. to Karen Shaw. <laughs> right, yes. And, and Dargo was six. Seven, oh, six? Seven? seven? Seven, I think. I was seven. Well, it's a leap year. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, whatever is biologically and socially acceptable. Oh, now I'm thinking about it. They do talk about that uh, Luxons aren't allowed to marry young, and mm. he's still considered a young Luxon, even at 30, 30 cycles. At, at least by a uh, by Zahn. Uh, by a by, Delvian. By a Delvian, that's where it is. I think we've yes. gotten to the point where she knows Luxons well enough to... Oh, work. absolutely, yes. So, like, sexual activity is apparently normal way, way, way before marriage and raising a family mm. and reproduction. Yes. Those are for adults, but sex is... Like one of the one of the sort of plainest definitions that you can give of, of of sex is like an activity that people voluntarily do with their bodies and yes. each other for procreation, recreating, uh, for yes, yes, pleasure. Uh, yeah. But for yeah, all those purposes. again, we get to like a, the the talking heads. Like the Dalai Lama is delighted by this, and yeah. the, and the and the. Uh, uh, the, the, the bishop. The bishop is like, we must protect our youths from yes, these and, influences. And other people are more, much more level-headed about it. We're like, well, she's not coming on. She's not hitting on him. I'm not a psychologist, but that's rather innocent. Hmm? I mean, you get more juice from Dawson's Creek. Right, yes. <laughs> a very, very 2000s cultural I, I'm reference. I'm aware there. of the existence of Dawson's Creek. I I've got the foggiest of what it is. Same. It's something with, with teenagers. I think there's oh, okay. a blonde I mean, kid like, maybe Dutch. It's or like it's Dutch Little name? House on the Prairie, except not, like, not in the Prairie. I don't know. I have you know no what? idea. I'm going to enrich your life, and I'm going to say yeah. <laughs> when you think of Dawson's Creek, the next time someone talks about Dawson's Creek, I want you to imagine Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> okay. It'll be great for I'm, you. I've not seen any of that either. But 
Good night, John Boy. Uh. Oh, you don't know to say good night, Mary Jane. Okay, no. well. Uh, like I said, no. Completely outside my... Uh, I mean, again, I'm aware of its existence, but only through references. Yeah. Cultural osmosis. I, I, I love that her perspective is viewed as, you know, it is completely sensible and internally consistent. Yeah. Right? This is someone who, who, who asks questions, who thinks about them, and she's deliberately not applying her own cultural morals. She's curious about the difference between yeah. uh, 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 local customs and what she's used to. I mean, that seems like the reasonable approach when you're an alien. Yeah. I mean, I mean well, when, when there are when so you many. you yeah. are an alien somewhere. Right. Yeah. Which most people are in the universe. In like everybody who does a little bit of traveling around has been the alien somewhere yep. else. And not to make fun of Americans too much, but like there was this like photo taken in a uh, airport the other day. This is like we're back to an old uh, thing we used to do on an, uh, on our oh. previous shows. Like Kay and, <laughs> Kay and Kaka described <laughs> the internet. Describe memes on the internet. <laughs> da, 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 da. But yes, it basically was a picture of a sign at an airport which said "foreign passports" and an arrow, and then it had specifically had the U.S. flag next to it as well. Oh yes, <laughs> so, <laughs> just about, hey, you're foreign now, guys. Yes. <laughs> we know you're not used to it. Anyway, I think we've had all the major characters because I think Sikozu, her interview was uh, was cut, where she talks about like capitalism, oh, pretty okay. pretty intensely. Yeah. Actually, I'll just pop it in here again. Why not? Sure. Where I come from, Bobby, it is very rarely the strong who will attack the weak. The aggressors are those who feel slighted, those who have gone without. Then how do you stop that? You simply redistribute resources so everyone's needs are accounted for. Communism. Ah, Marx. I have read your Marx. Your application was accompanied by oppression and isolation. No chance of success. I heard you guys weren't so perfect either. You fight wars. Big wars. Never against ourselves, Bobby. An enlightened planet is a unified planet. And I've read your history, and I have not found anything to indicate any hope of future change. Uncle John says your people are enslaved by some really bad dudes. Your point? Don't take it out on us. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Seeing the world as narrowly as you do through this little lens, young one, I will forgive you your lack of understanding. Allow me to be clearer. The political complications that may arise from a simple wormhole floating in your atmosphere will devastate a planet that is still in the throes of intraspecies chaos. What did you think? Oh, amazing. Very oh. insightful. <laughs> I will send it to you, Kay. Don't worry. So, yeah, that program is very depressing to everyone who watches it. Yes. Because the total picture that they get is, wow, Earth was not changed in any no, and they good keep way. and they keep discouraging John from watching it. Like you're watching too much TV. It's like stop it. Like Dargo tries to put a, a football game on, but John's already seen it, so he like he knows uh, what yeah. the score is and uh, how it ends. Coming towards the end of the episode, it starts focusing a little bit more on what's happening on Moya. Because it's like you said, it's, yeah. been, it's been a clip show, and there's been little interactions, mostly John getting more and more desperate. And I mean, I like that moment that uh, Chana had with Rigel, where they were having a little uh, together. And everybody's kind of concerned about John, and, yeah. uh, who's been like 
really working Sokozu very hard. He's been like very unfair towards her about her managing the expectations. Like, ah, no, I've looked asked around. I've, you know, asked harder. You know, I was like, no, I've looked at all, the, listened to all the frequencies. I've asked yep. everybody who knows. Nobody knows what Katrazzi is. Well, he's doing, I think we find out, something that, that he's done before, which is like extremely displacing memories and frustrations. Right. Because I think that he has like a, an, an echo of a memory yeah. That he heard Sikosu say it, right? Yes. That he, this this has a memory that he can't access, but it leaves him with the idea Sikosu knows where Katrazzi is. Yes. And this Sikosu, who turns out to be a completely different Sikosu, is not well, telling me. Yes. And that's driving him to anger to the point where, once again, he pulls a gun on one of his allies. Yep. Which... Uh, yeah. I mean, some people wonder why Sikozu was added to the cast of Farscape when she's just antagonistic to everyone. Well, maybe she'd have, like, had an easier time integrating if people stopped pointing guns at her all the time. I know, right? It seems fine. I mean, even uh, Chana goes talk to her and like, like, are you looking? And it's like, well, I've done looking hours ago. It's like, there's nothing more to look. Yeah. And, like, and even Chana goes like, well, can't you look a little bit more? And she goes, be my guest. Your turn. Yeah. I've been done for arms. Pilot has double-checked no one has heard of it. No one. Well, they must be lying. No, Chiana, they're not lying. How can you tell if they're not lying? You can't tell when I'm lying. Yes, we can. We all can. How? You open your mouth and words come out of it. Don't you lie to Crichton. Oh, yes. Other scene we still have to talk about is oh, yeah? John talking to Pilot. And going like, hey, can you fly me back to the wormhole? Once he's gotten the the, right. the sort of realization that, oh, wow, it was one of these unrealized realities. Yeah. I've got to get back there. Uh, oh, is that what you, oh the, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't realized that. Oh, what were you thinking? No, I, that's what I was wondering. Like, why are we going to Earth? But it makes now it makes sense because, like, he, I mean, Pilot tells him, like, well, you know. I need not remind you that Moyer's now phobic regarding wormholes. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, and well. And Dargo says, like, there's no point in going back to Earth. And he's like, I'm not going back to Earth. And I, I, yes. caught, I caught that line, but now I understand it. I had that, it escaped me that, yes, he's he's trying to get back into that unrealized reality. Where so there can, is someone who knows where Katrachi is. is. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 See, wormhole power. Yeah, I know. And. Right? It's not just about being able to go anywhere. You can also, like, gain knowledge that... <sighs> That's dangerous, though. Like, going to an unrealized reality uh-huh. and then having to like having to jump back out of that and hope that the information carries over. Oh, yeah. Okay, final segments are the, the goodbye from the host show host who is, like, makes his call out to the government to release the information. Oh, about the aliens having been there before, namely in <laughs> oh, 1985. Yes. The sheriff. Where the sheriff gets brought on. Sheriff. Uh, no, sheriff isn't. Sheriff. For, former sheriff. Still sheriff. Always sheriff. No alien's going to run me off my job. Okay, sheriff. Who has gone full tinfoil hat. Tinfoil baseball cap. Well, it's like a tinfoil line baseball cap, which exactly. I think is like a very clever, because like, yes, brain chips and the government, uh, this, this stops the signal. And he's made a very good likeness of Rigel from what looks like a pumpkin and maybe some... Uh, oh, I think that's still the original pumpkin. The, oh. the, the, the one that Rigel carved when he was no, like that super would, on no, sugar. Well, the one that Rigel carved had a... Uh, Scorpius a, face. Scorpius face in it. I don't think this was that. No, no, no. Because this one's made to look like Rigel. He's got like the... the, 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 the he's got the earbrows and everything. Uh. So this is like him. It's all grey and rotted. Well, I mean, Rigel is kind of greyish, but... Oh, okay. 
But no, it's like this one's not carved. It's just like made to look like Rigel. Uh, so yes. And you spent a portion of the last 18 years in an institution, have you not? Most of it, so what? Well, maybe. The majority of what of it? I'm fine now. Look at me, lean. Oh yes, because like aliens are because Rigel talks about like what he loves about Earth and it's like sugar. Oh, sugar. It's like you don't have sugar. Yes, but we used as a poison. Wow. 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 Yes. I'm wondering in what quantities we're talking about that then. Yeah. It's like, I mean, he's, I mean. They've got dentix. I so know, what right? harm yeah. could there, could it be doing? Okay, good. Uh, anyways, yes. Um, oh, that poor sheriff though. Yes. <laughs> he describes that it had, you know, the tentacled one, share. 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 Yes, I do that now. I, oh, when, I, when you said that, like, ah, that's why you came. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, I love Erin Esther. Yeah, she does look very good. But that's yes, why that scene was in the previously right, as well. Yes, but Rigel, like, yes, I love him when he's like doing. He's he's mostly filmed eating. Like, yes, he loves it's everything. His favorite he loves thing to do: waffles and fat and like grease and yeah. It's great. He sort of reminds me of the master from Doctor Who in one of those Christmas right. episodes yes, where yes, his yes, body yes. was always dying and he was eating uh, and eating and fat and grease and carbs and uh, uh, in this case, like nutrients. yes, that the, the the sheriff has taken off that the aliens are trying to like yes fatten the human race so that they're not fit fit to fight when the eventual invasion comes. It's that simple. It's, so look at me, yeah. lean, undefeatable, fat, yeah, fat wow. free, and we go to John who goes to see Scorpius, who is lying on his bed slab or whatever it is. It looks, yep. it looks particularly uncomfortable, but yeah. It's Scorpius' style. And he just like he's just kinda of like snoozing there, like I'm like, don't go away, don't bother me. He doesn't say that, but that's like that's what he radiates. It's like <laughs> yep. as John comes wandering in and like starts talking to him. You set me up. Not that I care. I don't care about much. War, death, wormholes. I don't care about the things you care about. Peacekeepers roll the Scarens. Scarens roll the peacekeepers. Let them roll together, put your ass in a cage. I care about one thing. God have mercy on my soul. And Scorpius doesn't respond at, at all. all. No. Which uh, I think is like, he's like, oh, oh, oh. I'm getting, I'm getting what I want. He's, he's, like Scorpius is sitting there, like like the Don't. angler at the at the edge of the pond when he's finally <laughs> seeing his little bobber like starting to move, and he's just like, "Don't move! Don't move! Don't jinx it! Don't jinx it! Just let it happen! Just let him rant," which he does uh, because John talks about like the things that he cares about, and like he admits to Scorpius, yep. the thing that he's been so carefully trying to hide that he drugged himself to keep secret that there is only one thing that he cares about. And that is Aaron, and that he is willing to give wormhole information to Scorpius in exchange for his help to go find Aaron. Aaron for wormholes. Yeah. God damn me. Like what he has said that he didn't want to happen, he goes in and says and makes happen. Like, this is assuming that Scorpius knows where uh, Catrazzi is, which 
it's interesting like that that we didn't see anything any segment before about like him trying to like get that information from Scorpius. At least yeah. at least in exchange, like, hey, do you know where this is? Mm, like you're maybe no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Yes. Like nothing like that. So I wonder if that's a deleted scene. Oh, yeah, if that's among the 200 discarded pages. I know, right? Like, there's this, uh, where he's trying to get that information out of Scorpius. So, oh, yeah. fascinating. And after he makes the deal with the devil, or at least we assume he makes a deal, because, like, Scorpius doesn't say a word, I think. He doesn't, he doesn't accept the deal, does he? Do we, we just, like... Oh, I don't think we see it. No, I don't think he does. I think John even sort of walks out. Yeah, but Scorpius just kind of like rises up. Yeah, like, <laughs> opportunity knocks. Oh. <laughs> well, now, <laughs> hello. So, oh. okay, now we're going to have to do actually the thing that you sort of plan to do. She gives me a woody. Yes, she gives you the willies. This was a really good idea, by the way. I was worried that there wouldn't be like a way to really discuss <laughs> this episode, this, but, but you're completely right. Okay, so, so now you've got to pick favorites. Now I need to pick favorites. Okay, willies. Who? There was like I didn't like the I didn't like the 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 the, the bishop, but uh, you know, it was kind of set up for that. Like especially yeah. to yeah. I think my Willie is going to have to go to John losing it towards the Kozu. Uh, oh yeah, that was difficult to. Yeah, that was like a, a like with. yeah, like don't don't do that. Like yeah, yeah, that's yeah like yeah. I'd say that's definitely my Willie moment for this episode. I'm actually going to join you because this is like John in the bad old days. This was like ob- obsessive Moya John. Yes, back once again with a vengeance. Uh, failing to communicate, like being actually abusive towards people who are trying to help him, mm. which you know people in in emotional distress can't yeah. always help themselves. But yeah, I agree with that. And well, let's see, Woody's. Oh, ooh, that's going to be much trickier. Do you want to go with one of the characters' stories? Like, did you like the Shiana parts, the Dago parts? That's a very good point. I mean, Naranti was hilarious, uh, but she always is. very short-lived. Uh, she's very long-lived, actually. She's over three. Well, okay, cycles. yes. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, so, no, I think maybe Chana. Chana mm. was a lot of fun. It was just, it, yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways, she got a very interesting arc. A little bit naive at some points, but also very insightful in others. So. I think maybe guileless more than naive. Like she Fair. just wasn't interested in faking yeah. anything or manipulating anything. She was just she was straight just having, up experiencing, yeah, having fun, and uh, like uh, showing yeah. real curiosity, bonding with people. Ah, no, 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 no! It's definitely gonna have to be Bobby pestering Dargo, <laughs> <laughs> like, and, 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 and getting tongue wh- like finally wearing down his parental uh, dis- defenses and tongue whipping him. No, that's definitely it. <laughs> Teenage boy falls to the ground. Dargo goes, oh, oh, Frel. Yeah. What did, how did I just. Where, where's Laranti? I need an adult. <laughs> yes, no, that's definitely correct. I think my Woody uh, is going to go to, to David Kemper for just the, the sheer unadulterated chutzpah to do uh, something like this. Right, because like the story in the episode is like, like you said, like you 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 narrated it yeah. in like five seconds. Yeah, at the beginning shorter than even any of the other synopses, and, and that's it's all of it. And and then drag that out to an entire hour full of. Uh, well, and the rest is just f- fan fiction. No, that's not that's not it. But like speculative. That's right. what it is. It's speculative about what might have happened, what could have happened, what would have happened. How much of this footage was reshot? 
Or and how much was like already lying around? Okay, so it was already planned. This is one of the longest shoots in terms of a calendar because some scenes were shot in June, some in right. July, some in August as sets became available. Okay. Actually, a, a, some of these scenes were the last ones shot in season four. Mm-hmm. Which, so I think like Chiana's uh, scene in the bathroom with the makeup and okay. uh, uh, Olivia and John. Olivia and John, I'm now thinking about Olivia Newton-John. John, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it was it was it was it was really stretched out. Okay, because um, like they they done that before. There were scenes with Zan, where let me see, does she reappear? Uh, uh, oh yes, her scenes for Unrealized Reality, yeah. where she was a talking head, yeah. were shot during John Quixote, where she made her appearance. So this yeah. this whole season was a, a jumble of stuff that they had yeah. uh, lying on what they still had lying on the shelf. But, was, but so no, it wasn't just lying around. It was filmed specifically for this. Right while they were while they were shooting Some, those yeah. uh, that episode, they went like, okay, we're already going. They already knew that they were going to do this. We have these suburb sets. Yeah, yeah, they weren't. Uh, they weren't uh, Battlestar Galactica-ing it and uh, making it up as they were going along. They actually had well, it planned out, planned out ahead a little bit further. A bit, but yeah, within a within yeah. a season, you have to sort of you kind of have to do that. I mean, this is the Australian style of making television. Something that they originally tried with the first few episodes of of season one to yeah. sort of essentially film three episodes at once. Yeah. And then, uh, then move on to order. the next block. and uh, yep. Yeah. Turned out not to work very well for them. Mm-hmm. Do that every now and again. Yep. But yeah, so like my my Woody goes to just this bonkers structure. This, <laughs> this is Farscape, man. It's just willing to do this, and I love it. It yeah, it does it did throw me completely for like okay, that was an episode. It's like, and I guess more like talking about it made me appreciate it more than it did like right after watching it. That oh, I'm so glad <laughs> you say it. That was just about everyone's experience. <laughs> And we go, what? We're in the like in the last fifth of the the, the, the season, season yeah. and we're just sort of tr- sort of treading water in place. We're not moving forward. <laughs> and then people started talking about it with each other on the on the forums and the message boards. And like, holy hell, this is amazing. Yep. Yeah. Great episode. And that's the story so far, Scape. Thank you. And please join us next week for another episode of Tales of the uh, Tormented Space. And after that, uh, something went wrong here. Uh, damn it. Oh, it's not just me then. Uh, no, it, it's working now. Hang on, sorry. Hooray! And after that, episode 418, a Prayer. Yes. In which John and Scorpius visit the unrealized Moya for information on Katrazzi. Wow. Hey, that... Just yeah. to While Aronson <laughs> is tortured and interrogated by her Scarron captors. Ooh. Yeah, I've I've kind of made a decision. Uh, I went over all the 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 synopses, the clever synopses, yeah. and I thought about like removing some, you know, Spoilers. making them making uh-huh. some vaguer. But this is the stuff that we were seeing in the TV guides as oh, yeah. it was coming out. Fair. This is the stuff that we were looking forward to and seeing trailers for. Yeah, yeah. And I really want to share like Well, that's the experience. Yeah, this with is you. gonna be fun. Yeah. I can't wait. Thank you for joining us. You can find us at SoFarscape on Facebook and Twitter. If we, if our social media manager starts doing his job again, I'm so very, very sorry. But uh, uh, we love you all. Thank you again to our supporters on, on Patreon, of which we still have so many. And you guys are absolutely amazing. Thank you for your suggestions for synopses and fanfictions as well. We have yeah. uh, In a couple of weeks, we have a suggested fanfic coming up again. If you want to submit your own, there's still a few episodes left to go for fanfics or synopses. Or you want to join the ranks of our Patreon supporters who've helped us with the equipment that has made all this possible. You can find all that at sofarscape.com slash links. I'm Kaki. I'm Kay. So So Farscape's so good. good.